I know that we are in Revelation. I know that we're going through Revelation. And I think that's a place that we're all still, I mean, that's where we're at right now. We're going through these, these chapters. <clears throat> but I, I, sidetrack. yeah, but it's not even really a sidetrack. It's, it's like a, it's pertinent or it's relevant to where we are. I just, as I'm trying to, for the last two weeks, I've been like, okay, Revelation 14. And I'm like, I just, I'm not ready to, or not that I'm not ready. I don't feel like the message is coming forth yet. That's not where I'm, but it's all about where we're at. Um, So uh, with that, that um, throughout these last, I tried to think this morning of how long it's been and uh, since COVID kind of restructured the face of the world that we live in, I don't actually know how long it's, I don't know how long it's been. Um, Jeanette and I were talking this week about there's like some certain like kids that are coming up that are already at, you know, they they have solid community. They're at, at an age where they're, people they're humans now they're no longer just little babies they're people um but they don't but they don't really know this they don't really know the world they don't really remember much before like serenity like tt was saying that like of course she has memories but everything does nothing she doesn't remember like she doesn't really relate anymore to things not being the way they are really no yeah she's 13 no she's younger she's how old is tt 11 um, <clears throat> anyway, so whether it's years, months, I know it's been, it's been a while, but specifically, I know even here with us in this group, I know that this whole time has been, it's been challenging in so many different, in different ways. And as I was sitting this last week and really, I mean, I prayed and prayed and prayed probably more so throughout this week than I have recently about what my message is going to be because I at least usually have some direction. So then I just pray, okay, develop it. This week was very much like, what is even the beginning of the message? I told Corey that as of last night, I had written down for my message. By the time I went to bed, I had written, good morning. (laughs) And that was literally it. And I just, I mean, I sat and tried and tried and tried. And I'm like, well, usually if I just start good morning, I can start flowing in something and then the message builds. But um, <clears throat> but as I know, we've talked about challenges that we've been, you know, there's these challenges that we've experienced in the natural that we've just now, there's, I don't want to say normal cause it's not normal to us, but, um, we've watched it come upside down, right? The world has turned pretty upside down and backwards. We've been challenged with illnesses. Um, people, you know, COVID is real. We, none of us are conspiracy theorists that we we understand the, the realness of COVID. We've experienced the realness of COVID. Um, we've had families right here, my wife, Bill. We've had, you know, within the church, we've had it hit at a level of illness that was pretty hardcore. It was, it was different. But we've also felt, um, I mean, I never in my lifetime has it, have been so close to so many people truly actually dying from, and whether it's because of whatever happens being hospitalized or truly just a level of illness. Um, I know so many people that are so close to know someone so closely 
I mean, I, I, we know a handful of people that have died that are it's not like through somebody. We just know them. You guys know people from your from the congregation that have. So that's that's this kind of new challenge. Um, this year, the the uh, cost of living increase. Um, I felt I felt that more this year. So there was the challenge, in even just we know it felt like a pay cut. Plus, this was, this was the first year in twelve years I think that I didn't we didn't get pay raises this year. It was a pretty common thing for the company I work for to um, just didn't get not even merit increase. Not even we didn't get merit increases, mm-hmm. but not even cost of living. And so definitely, I mean, that's the, that's the equivalent of a pay cut. Mm-hmm. So now we've got the challenge of, you know, a little bit of, and I'm by no means complaining. We are, I'm abundantly blessed by the Lord and I'm, I'm no complaint. Um, but then <clears throat> I think that where I'm at, and I think a lot of us are, is that the most um, impactful kind of challenge or change right in the middle of all of this stuff is that we're having our theology challenged. And messed with, right? We've had things that we that we know that we knew, you know, he's that saying, like I know that I know, and there's things that we knew that we knew and we were solid in, and those things were just like established and we're good, and now those things are being challenged. And like, what do I even know? Or what what is it that I believe that I that I that I know that I know? Um so as the world has changed, we're left wondering how we the word fit in was was what I wrote, but it, I don't mean fit in, like how do we fit in? Like in the sense of how do we fit in with our culture and how do we fit in with society? And because we're, we don't, we're not supposed to, we don't fit in, but how do we like not fit in with the crowd, but how do we um, function, I guess, or, or how do we fit now? Cause we still fit. Uh, we still have our, our role. We're still this, you know, piece of a puzzle. Um, but how do we, I've been challenged with how do I exist in this world that is changing so rapidly so much? How do my kids, how are my kids going to exist in this? Um, how's with the youngest here, Naya and Ben, how like they're, they're going to be at some point be our age and what are they going to be existing in and how are they going to, how are they going to function in that? <clears throat> um, as illnesses have hit, we're starting to think very, very differently about healthcare. This was the, this last year was the first time that, we had to actually see what it's like to rely on people for assistance with things outside of just running down to go. Right. And it's, you know, still far better here than, than a lot of countries. They would still look at us as we're, you know, we're still a very prosperous, we're a wealthy nation, but Jeanette bought a, I don't even know what the machine is called, but the oxygen, oxygen concentrator. concentrator. And she's loaned that out to, we haven't, we didn't use it, but she's loaned it out to, to two people already that kept them out of the hospital because that was what she really felt led by the Lord to, to do. Um, so that's a different thing. You know, we're trying to figure out how do we, okay, this challenge of having, what do we need to have on hand? Seeking the Lord in, in faith and knowing that he provides all our needs, but he also speaks to us to, right. We've had that, the, the, uh, Joseph, teaching here before where you have plenty of people, all of Egypt was provided for by the hand of God, by other people also knowing and listening and responding to God to prepare, to store up, to everyone plays their, their role there. <clears throat> um, as our finances have been challenged, 
looking at areas to be more disciplined and, you know, prioritize spending. So that's a new challenge. But as our theology, our doctrines, our traditions have been kind of uprooted to an extent, we're finding ourselves, I think, kind of, um, there's some voids, I think, in what we believe. I don't, I don't think I'm the only one that has experienced that, where there's a thing that you, that you knew that you knew that's uprooted, but it wasn't immediately replaced by, you're kind of like, okay, I don't know this thing anymore to be true. And then you're left a little bit like, not lost, but like questioning, okay, well then what do I, if that's not true, then what do I, what is true? What do I believe about this thing? And it's, that's a challenge or we were being challenged in things. And, um, <clears throat> so, um, and it's not like a, I don't want to say void. Like there's, I mean, there's no, there's no, I'm not left with a void by the Holy spirit. I'm not left without something, but there is that, um, some, there's that undoing of, and I'm waiting for something to be kind of redone. Um, and for me, it's, I heard a really good teaching, um, years and years ago, oh, years ago about the, about cloaks. And for me, I was had this, this picture of, um, that some of our beliefs, you know, it's as if these have been these, these cloaks on us and they're being removed. The cloak is being taken off, of, taken off of us. And in that we're finding ourselves kind of feeling like, do I need like waiting for another cloak to replace that? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I've had so many things in my mind recently of not, not it's like shy of the, like having the rug ripped out from underneath you. It's shy of that because the floor is still there and I haven't completely, I'm not, but you know what I mean? There's like something was taken off. Like, no, this isn't, this is not true. I'm take it off you. And then I want something put right back on. Like, okay, well then replace it with another cloak of truth that I can, that I can know. And that's a challenging, a challenging place. I kind of hope that we're all there because then it means that we're all really examining and questioning and, and wanting, wanting more. We have that strong desire. Um, but it's, for me, it has been like something has been stripped from us. It's been stripped off and then we're left feeling a, a little bit naked. <clears throat> naked. Um, and I know that we've used the, like the military analogy here before where you're in one of the branches of armed forces where you're stripped down first. You know, they're not, as they're stripping your identity down, taking that from you and kind of breaking you down, they're not like taking and replacing and taking and replacing and these aren't your glasses anymore. And, and these are, you know, it's overall you're, they strip you down and you and then build you back up in the identity that they want you to have. Um, so <clears throat> scripturally in scripture, I don't know how many of you already know this, but a cloak is very symbolic of, it's both symbolic and it's also literal of, uh, in, in, in examples of your identity. So, you know, being a, a cloak, a garment, a robe, um, uh, this is very much representative of your, of identity. So I'm going to read Matthew 10, um, starting in 46.
Yeah. No, sorry, Mark. You guys, the Bible cut short in Matthew? You guys got the... Okay, well... You guys got the, the communist version. Um, sorry, yeah, Mark 10, 46... Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So, I've heard a, a... I've heard this many times taught about faith and taught about things that are true in it, things that are really there. Um, But when Jesus is asking him, what do you want me to do for you? I think it's not speaking anything profound when I say that Jesus already knew the answer to that question. He knew that he wanted to be healed of his blindness. He, 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 He knew the answer. So when Bartimaeus responds, Rabboni, that I may receive sight, and Jesus tells him, go your way, your faith has made you well, and he was healed immediately. What was the full picture of that faith that Jesus is speaking of? Because it's not, just the, it's not just the answer to the question. Jesus knew the answer to the question. <clears throat> so yeah, the, the teachings that, that are taught, they're, 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 they're still solid. There's still real meat there. I'm not undoing any of that. That Yeah, it's, he refused to be silenced, that he was crying out for Jesus without... He didn't care what anybody else was saying. Uh, he believed in Jesus for healing, um, right? So there's the, it's his determination that he's truly determined to be healed and he's calling out to Jesus for that healing. <clears throat> but what about that garment that he threw aside? What's the, what's the significance that makes it into scripture that he throws this garment aside? Um, I think that that, that that verse, that part where it's clarify or it, it, it um, records, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. That's significant. That's actually it's as huge as anything else in in what's happening here. So Bartimaeus, he's referred to as there's a title in here. He's referred to as. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. So he's not just like you hear about other other things. You hear about other healings and a leper or whatever. A nameless person. A nameless person. But here we're given blind, Bartima- blind Bartimaeus, <clears throat> in the son of Timaeus. He's a he's a known person. So he has an actual. He has an identity. 
They know who he is. It's, it's recorded. Like, okay, this is somebody. He's, right? He has this actual real identity. He's an identified person. His cloak or his garment, the word that's used here that in, in I'm using the New King James, it says garment. It's the same word that is cloak, robe. My version says cloak. Cloak. Um, it's, a, it's that same word. <clears throat> so we read about that. We read about his garment and just breeze over it, right? Because we don't understand. That has no real significance to us. We don't understand the significance of his garment being tossed aside. It's just like, I just think of it of, if I had a little something on me that I don't own a piece of clothing, that I can relate to, that I would have that level of identifying me, that significance. So we just, we apply what we know and we, we toss that aside. But here's what is really important to understand is that historically in those times, you couldn't just simply sit on the side of the road and beg for money. You couldn't just be someone who needed money and sit on the side of the road and beg for money. It was the same thing as receiving alms or any of those. You had to actually uh, be like leading, like, um, when me and my, when me and my, me and my brother and his friend, gosh, was I in first grade? I think I was in first grade. We lived in Redondo Beach, and we would go down to the pier. The, the pier in Redondo Beach, um, when I was a kid, was a horseshoe. It was called the Horseshoe Pier. There was a big storm that took that pier out. Now it's two piers. We got in trouble during that storm because me and my brother were out. It was a full moon, and we were out. I was in first grade, playing in the waves in that storm that took that pier up. So we got, we got in trouble. Um, <clears throat> where was I going? We would, we would go on that pier and we would, like, I was the money getter, okay? My brothers had this little, my brother and his friend had this thing where they would sing and they sang the song from Stripes, I think it is, where it's, here she comes, just a walking down the street. And they would go singing, and they'd go like that and turn to me. And all I would do is look, all I would do is go, do I diddy diddy dum diddy do. And they would clean up. They made, they made so much money, and they didn't give me anything. And I knew that I was the, I was the, yo, dude, I was the star attraction. I was, they came to the Horseshoe Pier to see me. But at some point, they actually had to go down to, you know, city hall or wherever it is that you go get a permit. They couldn't just be, they couldn't just be there on the street doing that. They had to actually have a little license thing. So it was in their violin case, I think it was. And they had their little permit as street performers. So I was legit street performer, guys. <laughs> That's how I got my career started. <clears throat> um, but so your, the, your cloak in those times would be like, it's like the equivalent of would be like your permit or your, or your license. Um, and it was extremely very significant in, a, in identifying who you were. So his cloak which, by the way, probably would have been, or likely, I don't know about probably, I don't think I'm qualified to say probably, but it likely or could have been a cloak that was actually provided to him like by the government, that this is specifically your cloak that you can wear that signifies and identifies that he's able to be there begging for money in this cloak. So <clears throat> he was, as a blind person, in those times, he's completely, that was everything that he was dependent on. He was completely, solely dependent on that cloak for his provisions. There were no other, he didn't have any other employment options or any other 
any other value, right? So, um, <clears throat> point being, the, the act of him tossing aside that garment is powerfully significant. It's a huge deal that he's, he's not just tossing off his coat that he got at Goodwill or whatever. He's tossing off this power. It's significant. So in doing that, it's really twofold, right? Because he's tossing aside his reliance on the thing that he needed to provide for him. But in doing so, he's proclaiming his faith in Jesus. He's He's putting that garment aside, tossing it aside, which is his identity of his, it's identifying him as blind Bartimaeus who can sit there begging for money and he's just tossing it and going to Jesus for that. I imagine, you know, it's not just that he just wanted to see if, if he's got an, the ability to see He's got the ability to, now he's able to provide differently. He can, I don't know these things, but um, clearly he wasn't just cool with sitting collecting money, being blind. So that is a real proclamation. So when Jesus is saying by your, your faith, that is his real, his real act of proclaiming his faith is putting that garment aside and saying that Jesus is going to, Fill that. He's going to provide for him in that way that that garment was. So when he says to him, your faith has made you well, he's very much acknowledging the faith that took to remove that cloak and say, I'm done being blind. I'm done with this garment. I'll throw it aside before you even heal my blindness because I'm certain you're going to do it. He's saying, I'm certain I will see. Right? You have to have that level of comp- that level of assurance, of confidence. I'm certain I'm going to see. I'm positive. I'm going to, you're going to make me see. I don't need the, I don't need the cloak anymore. So <clears throat> I, where am I going with this? To me, I felt like that was maybe a little bit of a glimpse of, of where we could possibly be at. That some of our cloaks have actually been, uh, our garments have been cloaks of blindness. And I know that I've, I've in the last few weeks, I've even said this to, to Jeanette. I think I said it. I think I said it here in one of our one of our settings of that there are certain things that we almost get to this depth. I did. We're talking about this depth, I think, last week, that we can get go into this depth of things of super hyper spiritualizing things, but then kind of have this blindness to well, these things that are that we're now seeing, things that we're experiencing right now and having this different understanding or, or sight of things. Um, <clears throat> so this, I guess we put it this way, that as I was talking about, like kind of feeling like things are being stripped from me, the encouragement in that for me is that what's really being stripped from me is the things that are keeping me blind. What's being stripped from me is blindness to things. And, um, and, like I'm excited about tossing those garments aside. I think you guys have all seen that in me. And all any of the things that we're doing, we're doing the highest sewed things. Where that no matter what, where I'm at, where I'm, I'm still feeling. Uh, I guess enthusiastic or excited or pleased to be where we're at. These are all answers. They're answers to prayers. Um, but 
Here's the, here's the message that I want to leave us with. And I'm intentionally, I'm hoping this is short. Sometimes I think it's short and I'm like, we're well, at 15 minutes and it's 50 minutes, but hopefully it's short because my idea was simply to bring these things up to facilitate really discussing where we're all at. Not just a quick, but really discussing where we're at with the things that we're experiencing right now, where we're at with these kind of having some of these blindnesses stripped from us. Um, but the message that I, this is all supposed to be, this all started and it's supposed to be really a message of, of hope. And it's not that I feel like I'm, I have, a, I have so much hope because those things needed to be, some of those things need to be removed. Like Jeanette said, and we've said it, I don't know, five or six times now that I don't know what this closet looks like, but okay, there's for sure junk in that closet that doesn't need to be in there. So if I took all that stuff out of that closet, it would look, this space would be really, really messy. And in order to clean that up, I would, some of that would, I'm sure I would just throw away. It would have to get tossed. Um, and so things get messy. <clears throat> but this message is hoping, see, I used hope. See how we used hope there? Hoping, I just used hope in the way that we think, what we think hope means, kind of wishful thinking. So we associate that word, as I just now did out of habit, of like, I hope something happens. I hope we take away from this, that this message of hope. Hope, scripturally, is not, it's the same thing that we talked about. I know we talked about it with peace. We talked about it with love. We've talked about it with waiting. These words that we understand and we apply to what they mean to us, that is not what they, that's not what they mean scripturally. So hope, there's two, there's two main words that are translated to hope in scripture and neither one of those words have a, have any indication or hint whatsoever of any wishful type thinking. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no, there's nothing in there that indicates like a passive Mm -hmm. wishfulness. It's, um, it's something that we really can't, we can't relate to it. I don't think because that's just so ingrained in us. It's just not how we, how we use it, but there is literally nothing but absolute certainty in that there's zero passivity and there's, it's only like a total absolute certainty. So when it says our, our hope is in the Lord, our hope in the Lord is something that we're certain of. It's an absolute proclamation of faith that our hope is in the Lord. Uh, it's a lot of times, I don't know how many times, but it's a, it's a lot of times that two main words are used that are translated to hope. Lots of times, not one time, never, ever. Is there anything that is anything other than it's, it's a certainty. We don't read it that way. We read it and we apply not a certainty to it, but in the true root of it, it's a certainty. So even let that be something different that you're looking at it and you're going, Oh, there's hope. What if I'm reading this as I know this is, I'm not wishing this is whatever. I I know this is going to happen. So uh, faith and hope, in fact, they go hand in hand and one doesn't exist without the other. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things. Evidence is something that's real. That's a real, that's a tangible thing. Um... And it's another one of those um, 
I don't want to say interchangeable, but um, Jesus is talking about Bartimaeus' faith. Bartimaeus is, is proclaiming his hope in his hope is in the Lord. So when he says to him, your faith has made you well, faith and hope going hand in hand, faith being the substance of things hoped for, he's telling him that same, he's acknowledging to him that his, your faith is what has made you well, your hope in me, your hope in the Lord is what has made you well. So that is my whole complete message and thought this morning. Um, but I really, I, I, I'm more excited this weekend. I'm more excited this morning than, uh, and I know that the way that over and over and over again, I'm just accepting the fact that now I get what it's like when I've ever heard a pastor stand up at a pulpit and say, I'm preaching this to myself. But it's always, I'm always like, well, you're preaching it to me too. I'm getting it. I, it, I get it. But now I'm understanding the, the truth to that, the, the realness of that, of this was just, this is, this is ministering to me so much right now because I truly am in a place where I'm starting to feel like the bit of the mess is being, like it's not so messy anymore. And now I'm just getting excited about the fact of, okay, some of the blindness that has kept us from seeing, seeing things correctly, seeing these truths as that script. I'm excited about the fact that now we're coming into that. I have that hope. I have that certainty, that hope in the Lord, that that's exactly where we need to be. It's where I need to be. And I guess my, my, I know that my prayers are being answered of, I just want, I just want to know it's true. I just want that. I just want to know the Lord in truth and honesty. So, Lord, I thank you for... <clears throat> I thank you for having us exactly where you have us. I thank you that for the... even the, the wisdom to fall back on um, that... Uh, just like that piece of fruit growing on a, on a tree analogy of when is that fruit perfect? When is that orange or piece of citrus or whatever? When is it perfect? It's, it's perfect at any, any stage that it's at. It needs that portion of growth. It needs that thing to be happening. It's perfect for its time where it's at. And so I thank you for where you're bringing all of us, Lord. And we truly ask that you continue to reveal yourself to us, show us, guide us, lead us. Um, and thank you, Lord. Thank you for already answering these prayers. Yeah. In Jesus' name.